<laughs> cool. That's uh, that's at your end. The recording in progress. So, Maggie, before we start asking you and grilling you some questions, I just want to set up the scene with our uh, authors here. Uh, we've also got um, we've got Andrew Stark. I'm going to call him a discographer, but he is in fact an author. And Martin Tracy, uh, author, and uh, and Maggie Doon, of course. Um, can I remind everybody, by the way? Or obviously, we've got our mics on just now, but can we mute them until the questions and answers? Um, I'm going to start to set up the session with um, a, question, a question to Andrew. Uh, do you like being called Andrew or Andy? You can call me anything you like, so long as it's reasonably polite. I don't mind. Cool. So, uh, tell us more about this uh, library of uh, discographies. Uh, um, well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big music buff and have been since I was a kid. Um, and I started trying to use some of that knowledge just to do a, a small handful of discographies of my favourite artists. And I got into a row with Amazon. Um, we'd done about 20 at that stage. Um, and uh, they suddenly turned around and said, oh, I've got copyright issues with all the, you know, the covers and everything. I said, how does anybody ever do a discography? So I set out, being a lawyer, I set out for them chapter and verse of the American law on fair use um, and all of the other things that relate to copyright and promotion and photographic law and all that stuff. And they came back and I, I've actually won. And that's so unique. But they not only won, they came back and said, we do notice that over the three years that these have been out, they're selling quite well. Um, do you want to do some more? So I said, well, actually, yeah, OK. How many did you have in mind? They said, well, you've got 20 or so. Um, be good to see a series expand to maybe 200 titles. So that's what I'm trying to do. Back to 130 at the moment. But we owe this one to Martin because... Martin, having done a, a couple of Beatles-related titles for me, uh, or with me, um, insisted that we do Fuzzbox. And I was very sceptical because I, I wasn't really that familiar with their music at the time. Sorry, Maggie. Um, and I said, is there enough material actually there to do a minimum 24-page book, which is the minimum size of an Amazon book? And, and Martin said, I'm damn sure there is. And in any event, I know Maggie, and we'll interview her. So we'll have an interview on the back. So whatever happens, we'll have 24 pages. And lo and behold, yes, we have. So thank you, what? Martin. Yeah. And I, learned, I I always listen as we're working. I always listen to the music of the people that we're, we're writing about. And it yeah. was an absolute privilege and eye-opener to hear, really, Fuzzbox for the first time. I, I'd, I'd heard the odd track, but not the range of what you've done. It's great. What I really love is the term, I think I've come across it during the, looking at the book, uh, coffee table book, you know, which is a, that's great, a great little, a little term. And is that what you're stretching out and then specialising in sort of like these? Yeah, I, I mean, the, 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 I mean, this is my retirement project because um, I'd written a couple of novels and some poetry and I, I started publishing books for Lee and one or two other people. Um, and found that I had a lot of people um, wanting me to publish because they just couldn't get published. And I had the systems there, and we've ended up with about 700 books now. 
a large chunk of them we've got the discographies we do a, a lot of photographic books as well and a lot of poetry because poets really struggle to get published and then probably about 100 120 what you would regard as traditional fiction or non-fiction books um so um yeah the coffee table side of it is nice because it's comparatively easy to compile them you've got a bit of creativity in terms of writing about the people that you like um, but there is a routine and the stuff that's got to be in there. Um, and what you hopefully end up with is a book that looks quite colourful and will operate as a, a reminder to people who maybe really like an artist but haven't got everything they've ever done. Um, and we've been lucky with people like Martin and I have been able to find some really good co-authors who are really interested. A guy I've just been working with on a um, biography of Rush, um and uh he's an absolute fanatic and you know he knows more about them than i know about what i had for breakfast and martin's a bit like that as well i have to say sorry <laughs> it's true i'm going to direct uh, this next question to martin uh what what made you get involved uh with and, and in particular a fuzz box why why a fuzz box uh book now when i say why a fuzz box I don't mean, why a fuzzbox? <laughs> I don't mean that. I mean, you actually did a fuzzbox book. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, part, I mean, it was a no-brainer for me to get involved with the discographies because um, music was my first love um, before writing novels, et cetera, et cetera. Um, playing keyboards, playing in bands, very much like Maggie, although Maggie obviously had a lot more success than I had it. Um so once once I started writing and the discography project was around, thanks to Andrew, I thought, well, yeah, I'll snap his arm off with this. George Michael, John Lennon, two classic ones, people who know me. I'm a bit of an anorak about them, two particular artists. But then um, I started to think about, well, what else could I do? Um, there's obviously the Birmingham connection, and Birmingham's got quite a good history of bands, so I've done Black Sabbath. Um, and it struck me that um, I'd started to engage with Maggie on Facebook, um, and knew she was a, a good, bit of a good laugh. If you're seeing her post, she's actually quite a good laugh and quite a good down to her person. And I'd, I'd already know, knew about Fuzzbox anyway, knew there was a Birmingham band. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I think doing Fuzzbox would be good. One, because I think it offers, a, as them as an artist, offers something a little bit different to other people. And I knew that writing it would be fun, enjoyable, an enjoyable um, sort of journey in writing it. Because what, part of the discographies, although we compile all the records that have been released, we also um, do a compiler's note. So that's quite personal to you, what, what the artist you want about means to you. And then a bit of a short biography with it. So um, that, 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 that was why really, I thought it'd be fun. I thought there'll be plenty of color jumping out, color literally in terms of the imagery that Andrew sources and puts in the book colour jumping out from the words as well, just because of kind of the nature um, that Fuzzbox were all about, really. Maggie, Maggie, what do you think of this discography? It's not, it's not just a discography, it's a book, isn't it? Because there's a biog and an interview with your good self. Yeah, um, so if, um, it, it's, it's just, on a very, very sort of personal level, it's such a joy for me to sort of have somebody recognise our work. Um, 
we we as a band are the only female artists to ever have an independent number one in the whole of the independent charts as a female playing band and you know so if i think and this might sound immodest and i, I hope it's not but um I, I just think we get overlooked sometimes um you know so if that there hasn't been another independent or, or, or girl band playing band to get a number one in the indie charts is really sad um you know so if so having this as like a little like oh here's a compendium of our work is it it's lovely it's really really lovely brilliant uh, just a reminder to everyone can you uh, just remember to mute your mics um uh, in the on the floor because i can hear a few few voices coming through there just just uh, have a look if your uh, your mics are muted next question maggie where did the very unusual name and i'd actually know the answer to be honest with you <laughs> when i first heard it back in the 80s where did the very unusual name of the band come from uh, absolutely true story we formed on a sunday afternoon um, rehearsed in the basement of my my flat and got the number 50 bus to our gig where we were supporting an artist um a band that um i i knew uh, a member of and you know it was just supposed to be a joke and and it was a joke but um when we got there we were so unprepared we didn't even have a name and they came in and said what's your name and I just said, we've got a fuzz box and we're going to use it because we had a fuzz box and, and we used it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe Putin's starting a band. I've got a nuke and I'm going to use it. Oh, sorry. Oh, really? Let's keep it. Let's keep it. Skate. He could get his own ideas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? You know, it really hit me right up on the head in the 80s when you came about with that name. And it seemed a fashion evolved after it with bands having a sentence for a name. You know, uh, we, uh, we've got a fuzz box and we're going to use it. Pop will eat itself. Tears for fears. And I think I subconsciously got, because I used to have a band called Music for Aborigines. So hey. it's like getting a little sentence for a, for a name. So uh, thanks for that. Um, right. What do you think? I mean, what is your finest achievement as a Fuzzbox member? Now, listen, I, I think the fact that you've been on top of the pops no less than eight times, that's wow. But what do you, what do you think is your, your finest achievement as a Fuzzbox member? Um, getting through the sexual politics of the 1980s, um, and coming out winning to some degree. Um, people look at somebody like Jimmy Savile, who we met, and, oh, and who, actually, who actually sexually assaulted Victoria. Um, but they, people don't understand how difficult it was for, for, for us. Um, we were literally chased round by children's TV presenters trying to, to grab us. Um, 
you know, oh. so if all of this stuff, you know, we were regularly, you know, today, if, if some of the behaviours that were given, that we received um, were now, that people would be being arrested. And I'm not joking, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Um, and, you know, so if it was, it was horrific, some oh, of the sorry. stuff. Oh, Absolutely horrific. So yeah. I think, you know, the fact, and also you, you mentioned our name, but um, to get, we've got a fuzz box and we're going to use it on children's TV. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, so that's what I would say our greatest achievements were. I'm going to start a band called We've Got a Wawa and we're going to use it, but it'll end up being a mank band, you know. <laughs> <laughs> mank dance band. No. Um, well, yeah, I'll introduce you to Mike Bennett, um, who's produced the last Buzzbox album. He's a Manchester bloke. Um, and, yeah, he, he, he loves a bit of, like, right. Yeah, cool. Now, what is the funniest memory i'm sure it wasn't that last one you just pointed out uh, no um but what was the, your funniest memory as a as a fuzzbox member oh gosh there's a couple um i think <laughs> one of my favorites was um we were in japan on on tour and one of our band members, not me, got thrush. And we were trying to explain this to the interpreter and who was Japanese. And uh, she was like really struggling. And then so we were just like, we we're in a restaurant or something. And all of a sudden it occurred to her what it was. And she just went, ah, oh, thrush. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like oh right okay <laughs> but, um, it actually it actually sounds like advice <laughs> <laughs> my my youngest daughter, uh, she's autistic and, and regularly sits on the toilet and flushes the chain all the time I don't know if that's what she's doing sorting out thrush <laughs> <laughs> well I, I'm I'm autistic as well, um, so you know. So if wow, it, it, yeah, it's very different for girls. I I think I think if, you know. Obviously, you know, I, I knew the band in the eighties, and um, obviously, one does a bit of research when you're asked to to front mm -hmm. a, a thing like this. And uh, I think I came across somewhere where you were saying I don't know if it was as a result of lockdown, but where you're not too keen on going out there you know no. and, yeah and people looking up your nose and things no. like that no right. no um i find performing quite distressing and um you know so i don't like crowds but i love music so oh. there's this you know sort of this kind of like compromise within myself that in order to do what i love I have to accept what I don't. And, yeah. um, 
but I think sometimes that can sort of be positive because you know sort of I'm I'm not it's not all about me if you understand what I mean I'm I'm not you know I'm a, a Madonna kind of character um so it's it's about you know what largely what I've got to say and and you know sort of my music You see that, you know, I have to identify with that because at one time, and I still am, you've never stopped being a musician. I was a musician, but the most favourite part of the process of being a musician was being in the studio and being creative. Mm. I've, I've been in bands and I've been stood on stage on extensive tours and look around at the other band members and are they still enjoying this? You know, we've done this night after night. Uh, I want to be in the studio and, and, and creating, you know, that's, and it, and it and it's bounded over. I don't, you may or may not know, but I'm an actor now. And the reason I suppose I didn't really specialise in theatre is I enjoy the creative process in the studio. Mm. Performing a sequence, a scene, getting it in the can and never doing it again. You know, that's my, that's my thing, you know. I think it's time to uh, open the floor to our extensive audience here. Uh, plus, uh, let's have a look at what's happening in the chat. And I think Martin's going to help us with that. I can do, yeah. If Donna's happy for me to do so, she stuck the thumbs up. So I think I've got the gig. Uh, <laughs> right. Um... So, warm welcome from Helen. Hello, Helen. Helen Blankensop's with us. Um, da, 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 da. So, questions. First one from Ian W. Maggie, what is your personal career defining memory or anecdote across the years of Fuzzbox? Oh, my gosh. That's so broad, isn't it? Um, I think, you know, so if as was mentioned, getting on top of the pops and, you know, sort of something that, um, and it's my sister's 10th anniversary this year. Um, it's coming up soon on the 26th of October. And so obviously sort of being in a band with somebody that you've lost will always be an enduring memory, won't it? And, you know, sort of I've got that forever forever and you know sort of and I think that it, it I know it sounds you know sort of like a bit hippy drippy but I, I've got all of those things that you know I can refer to I don't just have to remember her you know so people post stuff and you know sort of and it's enduring and you know I feel so lucky to have that Thank you. Really good answer for that. Thank you. So um, Claire's been busy because she's done a couple of questions, but her first one is for Maggie. Can you tell us a couple of moments that stand out for you as real highlights of the band's time? I think you may have half answered that with Andy, but I don't know if there's anything more you want to oh, add. I, I, I can tell you um, sort of the, the thing that I, the two things that I remember most. Um, First was getting um, the call from John Peel to be in session because as a, a young woman, 
I, I was like fanatical about, you know, John Peel and to actually get on. And, and then, you know, so, and then we got in the festive 50. It was like, oh my God. And Glastonbury. Mm. That would have been awesome. I would have liked a piece of that. Mm. It was it was absolutely amazing. Victoria had no because what people fail to remember sometimes is how young the girls were. I was in my twenties, but they were teenagers. They were like sixteen, and they got to play Glastonbury. Wow! I've done the Tamworth Rock Festival once. Is that that's nowhere near it? Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, From Sarah S. Um, Maggie's favourite fuzz box song, please. Uh, Rules and Regulations. I know that. <laughs> um, Claire, I, like, I really like this question. Have any of you ever met anyone you were looking forward to meeting and been disappointed as they were not as nice as you expected? Do you know, it's one of the weirdest things in, you know, sort of fame and what have you. The people that you think you're like, quite often you don't it's an act that it's a persona that they've got um so I've met many people that I was very disappointed in um but then it's it's wonderful when you meet people and they surprise you at how lovely they are and um yeah I, I couldn't pick on one person specifically because unfortunately there's been so many mm. well <laughs> next question is from chris any rocking with rita memories look like a good day out filming the video and i think chris you were actually <laughs> putting up some some sort of um footage well, on the screen um uh, wow. just uh, the Comment on rules and regulations. We've got it here. Oh, oh I love it. <laughs> and um, and, and I, I really, I really like this. I really like this disc because I don't, I don't know if you, if you remember this, but the, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'll be able to. The scratching. It's the etched one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know why that was? With, we, we didn't have enough material. <laughs> <laughs> But instead of <laughs> instead of making it a negative thing, I think we turned that into a positive um, by having this. <laughs> it was a work of it's a work of art, in my uh, opinion. Absolutely, one of my prized possessions in my record collection. So. And do you know, um, not only is it work of art, but that um, influenced one of the managers of the Spice Girls. And the reason that they had scary spice, sporty spice, whatever, was that because we had those little cartoons of ourselves and just, you know, I was witch. Um, it was, they used that as a template to name the Spice Girls. Wow. Well, Should have copyrighted it, Maggie. Should have yeah. copyrighted oh, them. If only, <laughs> if only I'd have been sensible and young. Yeah, just, um, just derailed my own question, didn't I? About about rocking with Rita. <laughs> yeah, rocking with Rita. What's that all about then? Um, memories well, that, of that, Maggie. Well, obviously, so it, we were discovered by Rob Lloyd, and so it was our, 
you know, so we, we did a single together and um, it was the first time I'd ever been to Blackpool, actually. And um, so we did the video there and it was, a, it was, we did a tour and, you know, so it was really successful. Um, and, and that's another great memory, actually, was um, talking, we were talking about people that you meet that disappoint. But then there was one journalist, I can't remember his name, who, who came along to um, the gig in London and he met us and realised that we weren't stupid and that we were actually quite funny and clever and entertaining. And he actually, he actually published uh, an apology. Um, I'm so sorry uh, for my box, which was really good. That's a triumph. <laughs> Great. Well, people, talking about people you've, you've met, did, did Ed Edmondson get involved in some of your videos? Maybe? That's right, yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, he did Internet Rescue, yeah. Was so, he in it? He was in the he video. He was in it, yeah, yeah. He was Duran Duran in our video. Yeah. Not the band, the character, obviously. But, um, yeah, so he, he, he did that. And it, he, again, <laughs> he'd never worked with um, an all-female band and didn't realise how long it took for women to get ready. <laughs> he was really annoyed, but it was funny. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, next question from Dawn Torrens. Hello, Dawn. Um, how did you find performing in America? Oh, wow. Um, that was quite the culture shock because you, you think you know America from the TV, but you really, really don't. Um, and when you think about it sensibly, it's a vast country made up of some states uh, are bigger than, you know, so England probably. Um, and each are culturally very, very different. So, you know, so if I preferred the states that had my, my favorite was uh, my favorite place was Chicago um, because there's a marriage and I think it's because I come from a city very much like it um, you know it's an industrial city um, you know sort of very and I'm very proud of my working class heritage and I enjoyed that more than say LA which I mean, LA was fabulous in a way that, you know, sort of, it was really incredible how, how la-la it really, really is, you know, so if it, it's not, it's not real, a lot of it. And I enjoyed that. I, and it was, it's almost proud that it, it was fake. And, you know, so if that, that was funny, but I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it day to day, I don't think. I couldn't live with that. Um, Chicago was definitely my favourite. Next question from Helen Blenkinsop. Um, Maggie, what kept you going when you faced challenges in the less than PC music industry? 
Um, the joy that we knew that we could be the most irritating people on the planet. Um, we used to love being annoying. So people would, instead of getting angry, we'd just annoy people. And uh, we were really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> was there something in, because um, you were a unit, there was four of you. I always think of people like Elvis, who was a phenomenal talent, but he was on his own. And when George Michael even split from Wham, he found it difficult on his own. Do you think there was something you could rely on each other as a unit and proverbially put the two fingers up and things like that? Okay, this is a complicated one because um, we, I, I found touring, and this comes with autism, I found touring sometimes difficult and I would get annoyed quite a lot. You know, when you're living with somebody 24 seven, mm. the reality, and also hormonally, we'd all have our, it's not true that women think, right? It's not true. Um, and so there'd be at least, you know, so one to three days a month where I'd just hate everybody. Um, but that said, um, if somebody attacked one of us in any way, the unit would just co be cohesive and, you know, they would regret having done anything horrible. Um, we would be so together. And, you know, so my sister was extremely quick-witted and cutting. Um, and the rest of us as well, you know, so sort of quite, we were fun, we, funny women, we were funny. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's okay, a couple of recollections have. rather than questions here. Um, oh, sorry, hadn't you finished, Maggie? No, I no, you finished. finished. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. Have you still got, got more to say, Maggie? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so uh, Darren saw you in Southampton and loved the, the big keyboard intro that actually came out as a foghorn. Um, so he was very pleased to be in the audience that night. Um, Helen says her brother saw you at Glastonbury um, and she's always been very jealous of that. Uh, I am also very jealous personally that I didn't see that as well. Um, Leah's asked, did you ever get asked recently, didn't you used to be in Fuzzbox? Does anyone ever say to you that um, sort of question? Um, As you're walking around Sainsbury's or whatever it is, or the supermarkets. Or whatever, it, it happens very occasionally. Um, but, you know, sort of one, one of the things that I loved about having um, my hair in curls in, in the 80s, it, it was extensions, but I would let it, I, I would have it straight out of Fuzzbox. Um, and people would often say to me, do you know who you look like? And I'd say, <laughs> 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 Brilliant. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Rich PC says, Maggie, is it true you're working on music and where can we buy this new book? Um, well, we'll tell you about how to buy the new book at the end of the interview. Stick around for that, Rich. But the first part of the answer, are you working on the music? Um, I am. I've got a project, a side project called Black Clown. And um, 
we've got our first proper shows in December and it's very different from Fuzzbox. Um, but I'm, I am doing a few Fuzzbox songs. So if you, if you come along to any of those gigs, um, I have no idea where they are because I'm half wit. Um, <laughs> but I will be posting them on Facebook um and we, we'll have our page up so if you want to sort of um know what I'm doing that's it um it's quite dark and um I'm working with a brilliant girl called Jenny Tingle and one of my best friends Justin Walker who's a fabulous guitarist so yeah Brilliant. final question and there is um Ian's put in a, a, a nice little paragraph for you to read in your own time, I think, Maggie, um, just in the interest of time. But Sarah, last question from Sarah S. Did you come from a musical family and who inspired you and Joe growing up? Oh, right. OK. Um, it wasn't... My, my dad loved singing and it's my biggest regret that I didn't have him and his mates support us on, on a tour because it would have just been fantastic. Um but music was very much at home. Um, so always listen to sort of um, the radio and coming from an Irish family, we had Irish music um, quite a lot in, you know, sort of played in our home. So I was never, from an early age, I wasn't just like pop, it was across the board. And then my sister wanted to learn um, the piano and I was sent along because we were poor um, it was cheaper for my parents to pay for me to go to the music lessons so that they could go to work and I could look after my sister than it was to you know sort of you know sort of do for them to take time off work to, to do that um, but as it turned out I was a natural at the piano and a natural, again, with a lot of musicians are, are autistic because we like patterns and we like repetition. It's some, you know, if you're autistic, you're set up for arpeggios and scales. You love it. You love doing it. Um, and I loved the theory. I loved, you know, the patterns, you know, sort of, it's, it was really comforting to me. And I found something that I, I didn't know, because back then girls apparently didn't have autism, but we did, but it presents differently. So for me, music was an amazing therapy. It was something that, you know, I could do was enjoyable and soothed part of the autism that, that I, I have. So basically I, I did really, really well. Jo didn't, um, she found herself when she, she got a guitar, um, but I, I did really well. And you know, so that's why I, I got sort of classical music in, in my repertoire. But interestingly, um, Joe's, because Joe was self-taught on the guitar, the number of 
people like big up guitarists that would come over when you know we were performing and would say to Joe I love your style mm. it was it was incredible I mean big up people you know so we'd just admire we were recording at Genetic um, Martin Russian studio and Dave Wakeling's band the uh, general is it general the um they they took joe over into their studio to play guitar it was <laughs> we the rest of us are just going right. this is a joke isn't it, it? Is. it's a joke but no no they loved it loved they just they loved the naive quality that she had and this sort of the way that she played um, between tones as well. So she she just naturally would, because it was her own, she would play between between notes. So, yeah. Excellent. Okay, I'll, I'll just before I hand back to Andy then, I should I should make a reference, this, this long paragraph that Ian's put in. So I don't know if you know this, Maggie, you are responsible for at least one marriage because... Um, the single Pink Sunshine, it brought him and his current wife, well, his, who we met all the way back at Pink Sunshine days, they're still together today, and that's how they got together on the back of Pink Sunshine. So well done, Maggie, for being such a good matchmaker there with Ian and his wife, Jane. Over I to you, Andy. stories like that. And, yeah. you know, one of the great joys of um, being in a band, because so you put the music out there, but you don't often find out until some, some you know people randomly contact you saying oh you know one you know things oh this song you know pink, I was feeling suicidal and then I put pink sunshine on and all of a sudden and this is an actual story and all of a sudden I just thought actually no um you know so if I it made me happy and I'm just like oh my god you know it's that powerful it really, really is, you know, so, um, stories like, you know, so if your music got me through when I was a young woman because uh, I, you know, felt so different and alone. But then I looked at you lot and, you know, sort of it got me through. And it's just amazing. Maggie, um, this isn't so much a question as a commendation. Um, your version of Walking on Thin Ice is staggering. The production, I agree. the production is brilliant. And oh well, we were talking about Rush earlier. One of the uh, contributors um, and our producer Andy Richards was actually in Rush. So, and it's Andy Richards that did that. And in fact, the the video for that. Um, I always joked that if ever I'd have had children, right, I'd just burn every single image of me ever and just go, that's what I look like every day. <laughs> that, that's just how I But you're right in champion, championing a, a great song. You know, I mean, it, Yoko often comes the butt of, you oh, know... Yeah. I'll look at Chuck Berry video where he's going, <laughs> like, 
about uh, screaming in the background when, when John and her joined Chuck Berry. And, and, but that is such a cool song. And, and when I watched your version of it, which that video and the production is, and, uh, and Vix's performance is. Oh, is, yeah. Um, it made me look at the Yoko Ono video, which is really cool. It's really a cool video, isn't it? But again, you know, Yoko is seen as some sort of disaster, isn't she? Yeah. She was, she was a successful conceptual artist. And, you know, so if some of the stuff that she's done, her dance, have you heard her dance albums? They're absolutely incredible. She was doing crossover dance before anybody else. She's an amazing artist. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. And when you think she must have given rise to artists like Polystyrene and obviously the B-52s, you know, that they were influenced by it. Mm. I, I, I think, I think, it, sadly, when she dies, there'll be a revision of mm. Yoko. Yeah. And her, her work and her contribution to... For, for female artists, yeah, um, you know, so if I, I've always loved her, always, always loved her. I think she's exceptional. Um, and it, it's sad. It, I, I just think, you know, if she was a bloke, it would have been different. But um, I, I think she's incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. You know, Bjork, there's a, a link directly in mm. my mind between Bjork and Yoko you can see that sort of yeah. wonderful bonkersness you know sort of the way that Bjork is not only a, a musical artist but a visual artist yeah. um, her latest single is just incredible all of that you know morphing into being almost like a sea creature that that's that's from Yoko that's you know, so yeah. you can see the line. Celebrated a lot more, that's for sure. You know, there are you know you're going to have that, you know that the, the, you're going to have that camp who think that she. I mean, the people accuse her of splitting up the Beatles, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it? Man, it, it's just it's ridiculous. It, it's laughable. Uh, Maggie, uh, you may not know, I, uh, I work uh, semi-regularly over at Emmerdale. Now, um, an actor over there who works there a lot more than me, Dominic Brunt, has asked me to pass on his regards. He was a big fan. He is a big fan. And he said, hello to you. And uh, he came over to me when I was there last week and spent ages telling me, num naming off every song. You know, and I'd just been researching. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that that's so that's really, really lovely. Um, I'm afraid I don't watch Emmerdale. I know it's a farm. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than the farm. <laughs> got a, oh, has, got... it, has it moved on? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they've got glasses of wine and nice cottages. <laughs> you know. Really? Yeah. Oh gosh, glasses of wine. I'm, I'm, I'm in there. <laughs> oh, when I watch it, I'm always reaching for the gin, and you know, it's like <laughs> nice lifestyles, nice environment. I'm gonna just, if, if I may, Maggie, I'm just gonna 
uh, bat over a little question to Martin, um, uh, the author of, of and Andrew, the author. Uh, Martin, music features mm. a lot in, in your. Uh, in, can you can you tell us a, a little bit a bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. So as I said, writing does feature a lot of my writing. Obviously, discographies are um, classic example of that, but my fictional work as well. Um, there's the Judd Stone series um, and the second book in particular, Club 27, that explores, uh, which Maggie has a copy of, actually. I don't know if she's I ready. <laughs> but um, that explores that phenomenon of um, the 27 Club where um, it just felt like a good thing to weave a story around the age of 27. All these pop stars, unfortunately, lost their lives. Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, uh, Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones, Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain. It's just it does seem a bit of a strange phenomenon. And as I said, I just weaved um, the second Judd Stone novel around that. Um, and music, Judd Stone as well, like myself is, um, and like you, Andy, he's a big Beatles, John Lennon fan. So I, I can play out a lot of my own um, thoughts and feelings through Judd as a character. Although if you read the books you'll see he's actually nothing like me um in terms of, of being a character um he's a bit of an anti-hero and then um standalone book things they'll never see um that is about um an 80s rock star who um struggles in the 90s it's set in the 90s actually um he struggles in the 90s to make it as a solo artist um and he buys a haunted house in um the Peak District, but actually get some inspiration from the uh, haunted house that he buys. And uh, you'll have to read the book to see how that finishes. Um, and then the cur current, yeah, current, current, yeah, you've got that copy book, haven't you, Andy? Yeah. Um, and the current uh, book that I'm writing um, is number four in the Judd Stone series. And that is called Double Fantasy, which we've already spoke about um, Yoko's Walking on Thin Ice. Um, it was certainly part of the recordings when John John's final album, wasn't it? Um, Double Fantasy. So I've took that title. Um, and I do this a lot. Um, I take um, song titles and make them um, titles of chapters and things like that. Um, so, um, yeah, music will always be a part. Someone actually, come to, which I thought was really, really nice. Someone come up to me and says, you write musical thrillers, don't you? And I'd never thought of that concept or that genre. And um, I thought, oh, I actually quite like that. I'm going to use that. Musical thrillers, I like that. I'm not sure there's many of them around. So, yeah, music will always play a part in my life, Andy. So I think we've had this question posed by uh, one of the floor members. Um, where can we find uh, these discographies and particularly the, the Fuzzbox one? Yeah, um, Andrew might want to come in um, after me, but I can certainly point you in the in the immediate direction because about the whole library of discographies, as I said, that they're kind of Andrew's baby, and he's done a wonderful job in coordinating all of that, and uh, and obviously authored some himself. Um, you will find all of them, including the Fuzzbox one, on Amazon. Um, if you want to find my other books, they are also on Amazon. Strange enough, um, just put in Martin Tracy and they should come up. I've got an Amazon author page. I have a website as well, which is quite easy to remember, www.martintracy.co.uk. There is a mechanism for you to contact me through that, um, like it sends me an email. So we could arrange for a small fee on top 
thinking about packaging and all that um a signed copy if you wanted that um and try and get andrew, andrew putting andrew and maggie in the frame and like that you know maybe they could even no put a signature on. um we'll, we'll see how we can do that um but either directly through me or amazon is the, is the most obvious way um andrew do you want to come in and add anything to that well yeah i mean people say I've said it myself, actually, some some quite negative things about Amazon from time to time. Um, but the truth is um, that their print-on-demand and their ebook platform, Kindle, and the access to it, without having to go through a mainstream publisher, makes it possible to do stuff like this. Because yeah. um, no mainstream publisher is going to touch this stuff. They're just not interested because they're not going to make enough sales. These are not mass-selling things. But to have the opportunity through Amazon to, to do projects like oh, I mean, oddly enough we're working on yoko ono at the moment and and somebody told me it won't sell i don't care i love yoko ono and i think that a book on her and her work is long overdue as same with martin's um advocacy for for maggie and fuzzbox he sat there and convinced me that it was worth doing and when i looked at the music he was absolutely right and none of that could happen without Amazon. So these these titles are unique to Amazon. They are there. Um, you can buy a, a Kindle ebook version, um, or you can buy a, a print on demand version. Um, <clears throat> Martin and I obviously we we advance buy, so we've got some stock. Um, my website is Andrew Spark S P A R K E dot com. Um, so again, I, I can order them for you, or almost. And and as Martin said, we're really happy to. Um, organize um, signed copies. Uh, same goes if you're interested. If there's a there's, there's 130 titles in the series now, Lee Benson over there is responsible for half a dozen of them. So um, if you're into the Groundhogs or, or um, Alice Cooper or uh, Super Tramp, um, Lee will sign a book for you as well. Um, and of course, if you want to come and see us. All uh, four or five of us are doing a, a really big author signing event at the uh, Council House in Birmingham this July. I think it's the 16th, isn't it? Saturday uh, 15th, 15th, I think. 15th. Saturday the 15th of July, 2023, um, from 10 till 4. Um, there are about 90 authors signed up to go. Several I see of you uh, actually on this um, page. Uh, I can see the names. Um but obviously, Martin will be there to sign books. I'll be there. Lee, Lee will be there. Um, and um, delighted if you just want to come and talk to to any of us. It's great. And if you've got a book and you're interested, you just want somebody to help you with it, that's what we're for. And you can find us on socials. I should have said that. Um, tw Twitter and Facebook. Um, I mean, Facebook has been a wonderful thing to connect me and Maggie. Um, and also for um, to to push out the, the messaging around... Um, this event happening, um, even though that it was obviously through Eventbrite, but um, yeah, so you'll find us on the socials. We don't buy it. if you want it, you know, if you want to message us or anything or send a friend request, just go for it. Um, always happy to hear from you. Well, I think that basically uh, closes our hour uh, with uh, your you good selves and Maggie. Uh, honestly, it was it's brilliant to meet all of you, and um, I think where we can get the discographies from has been been covered i was i was about to introduce that but i think you guys just mm. just covered that um thanks very much for coming on board uh maggie uh andrew and martin pleasure. pleasure absolutely thanks. thank thank you andy it's been a pleasure having yeah. you do it for us so thank absolutely. you so much
Yeah, thank yeah. you, everybody. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Great stuff. Thanks. Great to see you all. Thank you, everyone. And thanks, Sandy. Thanks, Maggie. And thanks, everyone. Good night, folks. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye.